We read together to remind us of where we are going. That is towards Jesus. Allowing the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, and the family of God to form a fidelity of allegiance to Him alone. Please read aloud with me as we confess this together. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, global, and apostolic church. We believe in the forgiveness of sins proclaimed in water baptism. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Hey, good morning. In case I don't know you, my name is Carrie Fess, and I'm one of the pastors here at Faith Church, and it is my honor and privilege to be able to share the good news of Jesus with you today. Um, but I really feel like when we come together as a family, it's not the person on the stage proclaiming the gospel. It's actually our whole family together. In fact, the gathering itself is a proclamation that Jesus has come with a new kingdom <laughs> and he has established his family. And so we do this together today and the Holy Spirit actually speaks to our hearts as he chooses to speak to our hearts. And so let's open up the word of God together. Um, we are in the uh, King Jesus gospel. We are in the book of Matthew chapter 12 and I'm going, Matthew, pa sorry, Matthew pastor. Maybe that'll be my only little flub today. Um, Pastor Matthew covered verse 14 with us last week, but um, I want to back up because we need that uh, for a little bit of context as we go in. So we're going to read um, 14 through 30 together today. It's, it'll be on your screen, and I'll try to read slow enough so that the screens can keep up. It says this, Then the Pharisees called a meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. Just a reminder, this was right after he healed a man with a withered hand. Their response was to have a planning meeting for assassination. In verse 15, it says, but Jesus knew what they were planning, so he left that area. Smart. And many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. And this fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. 
I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious, and his name will be the hope of all the world. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He healed the man so that he could both speak and see. The crowd was amazed, of course, and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is call it, casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcist? They cast out demons too, so they will, be, they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man like Satan and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Let's pray this morning together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the truth of your words. We open our hearts to be taught by your spirit, the spirit of truth that leads us into all truth. We thank you for preparing our hearts this morning to receive all that you have for us, God. Give us submitted hearts. Give us hearts that desire your way, your word, your truth, God. Give us hearts that want to be allegiant to Jesus. Thank you, God, for softening every hard place and lighting up every dark corner. Thank you, Jesus. I bless your people today, God. May we see you more and more, moment by moment. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So as we go through the scripture today, we're just going to travel through this passage. Okay. Cause that's kind of how the Lord and I have our time together. And we just, he just keeps talking to me. The purpose of the word is to begin to see Jesus, to clarify who he is. And so we come over and over to the word of God and his spirit awakens our hearts and opens our eyes to see his kingdom, but mostly the king of the kingdom, right? The king of the kingdom. That's what we're here for today. So I want to start with um, this truth that Jesus actually hits at the very end here in, in verse 30. He says, anyone who isn't with me opposes me. And anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. Because Jesus is showing us through this that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light and there's the kingdom of darkness. And I think oftentimes because we have such comforts in our lives, because we know how to be good people, that sometimes we think there's some sort of middle road between being a follower whose allegiance is devoted to Jesus and being 
against him. But Jesus is really clear here. (laughs) If you're not with me, you're opposing. If you're working, but it's not with me, you're actually opposing me. And he says this to the Pharisees because the Pharisees are blinded. They're blinded to the truth of who he is. And I wonder today if we are blinded in some areas. I wonder today if we're blinded in some areas, if we would be willing to stand in the light and let it shine on us and say, yeah, you're kind of blind. You're kind of like this guy that came. You know what's cool about this guy? This man, I'm sorry. This guy who came, he was sitting there, demonized, blind, and couldn't speak. But he had come to the place to learn about God. He, had, he was staying in that place. He was hanging out. He was on the outside, but he was hanging out there. Calling out for any kind of help he could get, hoping for somebody. And Jesus, the light of the world, <laughs> he had an appointment. He had an appointment with this man. Did anybody else feel like you had an appointment today (laughs) in that worship time? Did anybody else go, what is happening here? Jesus has an appointment (laughs) with us. And he comes in to this man who is needy. You know what's really cool? You know what's such good news? It's such good news. We come to church sometimes on Sunday morning. We've driven a little ways. We've gotten up earlier. Maybe not. I don't know. Why is 930 is not really early for probably most people who work jobs, (laughs) right? Most of you are like, I actually got to sleep in until like seven, you know? Um, Anyway, (laughs) so I know that's my husband. So anyway, um, but Jesus has come in and that made me lose my train of thought, you guys. (laughs) Anyway, um, He's come in with this kingdom of light because he has an appointment. There's a man who needs. He needs the light of the kingdom of God. He needs the light of the world. And he needs it more than just his physical sight. He needs deliverance from the dominion of darkness. And Jesus has shown up of all the people in all the world, or maybe we could just say in all of that part of the world, but still. And he has reached out to touch the one who needs him. I wonder if some Sunday mornings, this is where I was going with that. We show up burnt, The spouse, the husband, or the wife has said something stupid. (laughs) The children were hard to get out of bed. The teenager was reluctant to come to church. We're paying them. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Nobody's doing that, right? No, I'm just kidding. No condemnation. Um, But anyway, the, the, the government is falling apart. Our time with the Lord has seemed just kind of boring or dry. And we show up on a Sunday morning. Oh, and we feel like we got to get it all together. 
And we gotta, we've got to be presentable. <laughs> we've got to be people of light coming in to the church. We've got to have our smiles on. We've got to have an encouraging word. We've got to have something to prove that we <laughs> are not as bad off as we actually are. But I think as we look at this man, we see he didn't have a choice but to appear or act because he was needy. And do you know who Jesus meets over and over and over and over again in the gospels? He meets the people who need him. He meets the people who are like, I have nothing in me. So I just want to encourage somebody today that showed up with like, I got nothing. I don't even know if I can smile. I don't even know. I hate my outfit. I hate, you know, I, I'm, I'm mad at my spouse and I'm sitting right here. If you came in like that today, which I believe actually the Holy Spirit swept through during that worship time and cleared that stuff up out of your heart and out of your mind. Maybe you're stressed about your work. Maybe you're looking for a job. I want you to know that your neediness is actually where Jesus comes Your darkness, the, the, the oppression of the enemy, the dark places in your mind, in your heart, that you're like, why can't I get past this? All we have to do <laughs> is come to the place where we say, I don't have it. <laughs> I don't have what I need. And Jesus shows up every time. And glory to God, he is not limited any longer by a physical body because he has sent his very spirit to meet us right here today. This is a very simple message. If you're a believer and you followed Jesus for a while, you know all about the light of the world, that he's brought a kingdom of light. I just want us to be rekindled with the flame of love in the simplicity of Jesus. Because with his, here's what happens. We know about the light. And then all of a sudden we run away into our own way. Because we think we know enough now. We don't really need him. I got my... I love this in Isaiah. We read this where he says, Jesus will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Some versions say a smoldering wick. I mean, I think flickering candles fine, but that makes us think of just like a little bit of air with the candle flame going like this. This is talking about a wick. Let's just picture this in our mind that you can't hardly see any orange glow in anymore. There's just this little bit of smoke coming out of it. And what does it say here? This is the prophecy about the savior of the world, the light of the world, who invites us into knowing him. <laughs> that he is not going to put out that smoldering wick. He is not standing, watching every move you make, waiting to snuff you out with his little fingers. Instead, he sent his own son, Jesus, alive with light, true light from true light. <laughs> 
John 1 says that he is, he is the light of the world, that the, he was the life, and through him, man received the light of life. So rather than being a God who's like, let me see how many smoldering wicks I can just squeeze and shut off because they're not really following me. They're not really loving me. They don't really know what they're doing. He doesn't do that. He comes, he brings the true light, the source of light, the one who actually, actually put the flame on your candle wick, the one who's actually fanning that flame of light, of knowledge of him. And he brings Jesus. And it's like, Jesus is like, it's okay that you're just smoldering. It's okay that the winds of life are making your flame look like it's a little bit afraid to keep burning. Because I have come and I am the light. (laughs) And I just picture Jesus coming along with his, and he's just Do you know Revelation says that he has, his eyes are like flames of fire. He comes, and and I think sometimes we read that like, oh, those are the laser beams (laughs) aimed at us. Well, they may be laser beams. They may be burning flames, but guess what they're burning up? They're burning up evil. They're burning up darkness. They are extinguishing the works of darkness that are coming against us. His people, his created beings who he loves. So when we see the face of Jesus and we think about flames of fire, here's what we think about. That there's passionate love for the father, the son, and for me. And my light is being lit up by his flame. Because he's the source of light. There is no light within ourselves. Can we get a hold of that today? And here's why that's freeing. Because some of us go, oh, I don't want to think about negative things. Here's what, we, here's, what, here's what it is. It's not negative. All this means is I'm free now. I'm free to get in him. Let him be light. Let him be love. Let him get rid of the darkness in the people around me and in me. Let him take care of the government. Let him. Let him. While I live in the kingdom of light, I serve a king of light who is not just the light of the world, but the light of my world. (laughs) He's so good. He's so good. He's come and done this for us. And he's come and done this for us. Colossians 1 and verse 12 says this. The father has qualified you. It's talking about all those who believe in him has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. The father has qualified you. See, here's the thing with the Pharisees. We just see it over and over and over again. The poor Pharisees, we're kind of hard on them. But uh, sometimes it's important for us to actually recognize our own, our, our own blindness when we look at the Pharisees and don't just point our finger at them. But the Pharisees were blinded and they couldn't see that the father was the one who qualifies. The father qualifies us 
to live in his kingdom of light. But the Pharisees, what they did was they really liked having their set of rules. See, they took the law of God and then they added in a bunch of traditions for themselves because here's what's good for human beings, at least in our own minds. It's actually not good for us. Is we like to go, okay, Jesus says to love people. And then we want to make a list of a hundred ways, actual actions that we do to prove that we're being good. And this is what the Pharisees did. Not all of them. Some of them believed in Jesus. But the way that we see them here in this passage is that they're like, well, this can't be God because we know who God is because we've got our set of rules (laughs) and we we're checking off the boxes here. And I think sometimes it's important for us to understand that it's the father who has qualified us. I should not sometimes every time it's the father who has qualified us. We just say, let your light shine in. Do you know that we cannot love except that the father has loved us? That actually our love, even human love, even like natural love, like parental love or love between a spouse or, or just love for humanity in general, love for our pets. I don't know. That kind of love. You know what the source is? It's actually that God has poured his love into us. And even when we didn't know, even when we don't know his love yet, because we have friends and family who don't know the love of God yet, right? Even though they don't know it yet. The only way that they love. There's this picture that because they love somebody else, the love of the father's in them. (laughs) God made us in his image. And so he has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. And back in uh, Colossians 1, it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. We're born into darkness. There's not one of us that doesn't need the light of the world. And as we walk with Jesus, when we come and we we receive his light, we let it shine on our hearts. We walk through life, right? And there's still places that need lit up with his light. There's places where we're shutting the cabinet door. There's places where we're going like, I'm going to get behind this bush over here. But little by little, faithful Jesus, (laughs) he comes and he joins our game of hide and seek. And he says, here, I've got a light for you to, to see. Bye got a light for you to see by the people in this passage here you notice that when jesus healed the demonized man from blindness and not being able to speak i mean can we just think about that for a second you're in the ancient world and you cannot see and you cannot talk are we not in this same position without jesus (laughs) we're born into darkness and we don't have anything good to say But here comes Jesus. And this crowd, 
Oh, I love the crowd. We have seen this over and over again in Matthew, in the gospel of Matthew, where he, he, he highlights the crowd's response. (laughs) The crowd of people who need Jesus, the crowd of people who are like, I'm sick. I'm broken. I'm broke. I'm here in the middle of the day instead of working a job because I don't have a job. People who have no authority in society. It's a different kind of society than American. They don't have a vote. They don't have a voice. (laughs) They don't have free education. They don't have, I mean, they are living by the skin of their teeth. And they're following Jesus and he's healing them and he's taking care of them. He's speaking truth and life to them. Because even when we don't have all the things we think we need in this world, we have him and his love and it overcomes every other place where we feel lacking. Praise the Lord. But the crowd is so precious. And I can tell in Matthew reading, reading through the gospels in Matthew, he, he has a heart for these people. Matthew was a tax collector, and so he dealt with these people sometimes. Like, if they owned anything, they had to come and pay taxes, and he might have been the guy that was seeing them face-to-face, paying their high taxes. And, of course, he was a Jewish man, so that was really bad for him because he was not liked. He was a, a, a tool to be used by the Roman government, and he was uh, despised by his fellow community, his community, because they thought he was on the side of the Romans. And it doesn't matter that he may have been collecting every cent he collected might have been completely fair. And what the Roman government said, here's what they owe. But Matthew comes again and again. Matthew actually would have had some finances. He would have actually had, he might not have had a good standing. Maybe, maybe it was hard for him to find a crowd to be with, but he had, he had, he had some things because he made money, but he has a heart for these people. And he continually uh, opens our eyes to see the response of the crowd. And the crowd says this, Jesus did this thing. He, I mean, and it's such a simple phrase, right? It says the crowd was, no, no, no. such a simple phrase here. It says, Jesus healed the man so that he could both speak and see. This is just a little bit of a tidbit that doesn't have a whole ton to do with this. Would we just stop and read our Bibles a little slower? (laughs) We're talking about a man who couldn't see or talk. And it just simply says Jesus healed him so he could see and talk. Let's read our Bibles in a way that goes, oh, what happened here? This isn't just seven words. This is a miracle. This is the light of heaven coming in to a person's darkness, both physical and spiritual. He's come in. It's so good. But the crowd, uneducated, I mean, some of them could have been educated. But generally speaking, they were not the the high brows of society. They were not the ones people were necessarily running to and going, teach me the word of God, teach me the scriptures, teach me the commandments. But they have eyes to see something. And they ask, Could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? It's important that we know something. 
those that are looking for Jesus, those who are looking for the light, they're the ones that are going to see it. Just because the crowd didn't have all of the scriptures memorized or could teach them to everybody else or were elevated to a position of, of, of authority, guess what God gave him? Hearts and eyes to see when Jesus, the light of the world, actually showed up. He gave them the gift of seeing the Messiah come. Do we realize that the Pharisee, the whole point of Judaism, the whole, the climax is the Messiah coming to set things right. And it's the needy people. It's the people living in darkness. It's the people who don't know if they can buy their next meal. It's the people who are out there in the middle of the day because they don't even have a job that have the eyes to see, could this be the Messiah? Oh, that our hearts would stop pretending like we know everything. <laughs> that we would stop relying so much on what, 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 what we can read and, and, and divine and understand, but that we would just simply open our eyes to see, could this be the Messiah? Is this the light of the world that's come? And Jesus very clearly teaches us this in his scriptures here where he says, if I'm empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. He's telling the blind in this scenario what you're looking for, what you've been working for, what you've been studying, what you've been teaching people about has come. And for us today, I think we need to understand something. Jesus has come to us. I know this is simple. I just think that if we get tired of hearing the simplicity of what Jesus has done, even though it's actually quite miraculous, powerful, it is the most powerful thing to reconcile sinners to God. <laughs> and he does it out of his great love with Jesus who brought a kingdom of light to dispel a kingdom of darkness. He's such a good God. He's taking care of us. He's taking care of us. John 1, in verse 9, it says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He even came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children born not because of natural descent, human desire, or a husband's will, but born of God. <laughs> 
The children of God are born of God, and the Father is the one who has qualified you to share in his inheritance. I just want to give some hope to some people today that if you feel like God is far away, you're in the bottom of a pit, the the smoldering smoke is doing nothing to light up your path or show you a way out. That Jesus, the light of the world, he is the arm of God who has reached down. Actually, he's actually bringing his light into your darkness. And I use the word push back darkness, like the kingdom of light pushes back darkness. I think sometimes we think of push as in like, I'm going to push on everything. It's going to be hard. No. Think about light. It doesn't do any work to accomplish the darkness getting away. It is light, which means there is no more darkness there. (laughs) I want to give some hope to some people who are hungry for Jesus. Hungry for the work of the Spirit in our hearts. We know there are dark places. Listen, you're not going to get rid of darkness by being a better person. On your own strength. Darkness is chased out when we say, oh, I got to go sit where Jesus is. I'm going to sit with his word. I'm going to sit with his people. I'm going to sit with him speaking to me through the worship songs or through. I'm going to sit with him and light comes (laughs) and it illumines the darkness. And that's how we look for him. We have to acknowledge our neediness. We have to give him the time to come in. Not that he needs the time, rather we need the time. (laughs) I want to read just a few more scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 and 7 says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness. That's Genesis 1 has made his light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. God is lighting up our hearts, our minds, our lives, so that we can know the glory of God that's seen in the face of Jesus. Does anybody in here want to see the face of Jesus? I was reading in um, second Peter, man, Peter talks about how we didn't, we're not telling you things that are, you know, uh, contrived. They're not cleverly put together, but we were eyewitnesses of his grandeur. Oh my God. I bawled my eyes out reading that this week. Eyewitnesses of his grandeur. We heard the voice from heaven saying, this is my son whom I love. I just want to tell you today that if you're grasping it, I just want to know Jesus. I want to know what his love means. What does this mean? How does this work in my heart? Just let him come in with his light. Sit. It's okay. You know what he loves? (laughs) He loves a contrite spirit, which means one who comes and says, Jesus, I'm poor and I'm blind And I'm naked and all of those troubles have caused me to have no words. Let your light shine. 
What would you say to me today? What would you do in my heart that your light would shine? I want to say one more thing. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand up and get your communion ready? Don't forget to open the bread first. <laughs> do that with us. I just want to say that the light shining in us is the light that somebody around you needs. See, see, we're not, it's not just about me and Jesus. It's about somebody else. And I can come along with my flickering <laughs> flame hidden in Jesus. So it, it might look a little brighter than somebody else's. But I can come along and say, hey, hey, just get in this flame. <laughs> get in the light. And we don't come along and pinch people's wicks out. But God has invited us. It's not just people on stages or people writing books or anything like that that are shining their lights. It's actually all of us together with our flickering flames some days because we've, we get in, we get into the bright light, the flame of Jesus. And then we become reflectors. We become people who, who other people might see us as like, oh, you're lighting up my path. No, actually it's Jesus. <laughs> it's Jesus lighting up the path. Just want to encourage you today that if you've been praying for somebody to see the light of the world, if you've been praying for somebody and you've been doing everything you can do <laughs> to convince them, maybe you're a parent today and you're not sure about your teenagers. You're not sure about your adult children. And if they're going to follow God after everything you've poured out, I just want to encourage you today. This is a word from the Lord. This is not just an encouragement. This is true. So receive it as true. God will not fail you. The light that you think has maybe sometimes been a poor reflection of him. The world that is so dark and presses in on those that have yet to experience this flame of love coming to life in them. It is not greater than the light. It is not greater than the light. God is using you. God is partnering with He, oh, He's so precious. He's called us in with our little smoldering wick to say, oh, I, I just want the world to see my light and I'm just going to let it shine through you. Oh, that's so precious. He's God. Man, I could talk for a long time about that. And I know you could too. This morning, those are just the words God wants to encourage you with. Don't fear. Don't act like the darkness is bigger. Don't allow that the, the thoughts that come from the dark one to be the voice in your head about the people that you love. But rather, just, just get in there with him. He's shining his light. His light doesn't fade. It doesn't dim. We fade and we dim sometimes. That's why we've got to have him. That's why we've got to be with him. That's why we've got to let his light shine through us. I want to pray this prayer together. Oh, thank you. 
I think it's on the screens. I'm going to say it and have you guys repeat it, but it's on the screen so you can pray it with as much heart as possible. Yes, Jesus. Let's pray this together before we take our communion. Jesus, light of the world. As I follow you today, would you illuminate the darkness within me and around me? Show me your presence and your path as I welcome the light of your life. Let's just take a moment now and just let the truth that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, speak to you this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have in you, that you are the hope of the world, you are the light of the world. And we recognize today that you paid it all, that it's by your body and by your blood that we get to come into the kingdom of your marvelous light. And we just want to say thank you. We just want to say we're running back to you, God. We just want to say, light of the world, I'm bringing my flickering flame and I'm hiding in your bright, eternal light. Thank you for making a way by the broken body of your dear son. Let's go ahead and take the bread together. Jesus, we're so grateful for the price you paid. And today we just, we recognize what it cost you. But we're so grateful. We're so grateful for the washing of your blood. Thank you. We can go ahead and take the juice together. Let's pray one more time. Lord, we love you and we're so grateful for you. I pray, Lord, that as these moments we have together on Sundays, God, that we wouldn't just live moment to moment, Sunday to Sunday. But Lord, let your light shine let us know the eternal hope that's secure because of you each and every moment and every day. And yes, God, we just speak that many will come to your light because we are coming into your light <laughs> and because your light is shining for all to see. We thank you for it in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, friends and family, I hope today's message was life-giving for you. I want to ask you to take a next step and go ahead and click the subscribe button so you never miss another chance to have an encounter with God. And while you're at it, take another step and share it with a friend. Maybe post it on your social network or text a coworker the link. And when you do that, you are partnering and get to be a part of seeing faith come to life in them. 
Hey, if Faith Church has made an impact in your life, if these messages are helping you gain traction in your faith, would you consider partnering with us financially? When you do that, it helps us widen our reach so that more people can have an encounter with the real Jesus. You can find information and ways to give on our central hub, faithchurchks.org. If, you're, if you live in the Southeast Kansas region, we'd love to see you in person at one of our Sunday services. You can find those times on our hub as well, faithchurchks.org. Hey, remember this, God is for you and we love you.